you take your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 14 tonight. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14. We've been learning a lot about wisdom in this chapter, and wisdom's been describing itself to us as a person, as a person, giving us some very personal information about itself. Miss Tammy, could I bother you to bring me some water? I'm sorry, I, I came up here ill-equipped. So, thank you. I appreciate that so much. Wouldn't have been surprised there wasn't some in here, but there's not. But it's been giving some very personal information about itself. And a couple of Wednesdays ago, for example, wisdom told us where it lived, remember? I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I really enjoyed uh, expounding that particular passage. And last week, wisdom told us what it hated, remember? What it hated. And now tonight in verse 14, wisdom is going to tell us some of its attributes that we haven't discussed yet, it begins by telling us, look in your text, counsel is mine. Counsel is mine. Thank you, sweetheart. My favorite tumbler, given to me by Miss Ann January. Counsel is mine. Now, the Hebrew word translated counsel here, it means to advise someone on what he should do, to advise someone on what, you know, should be done in a particular situation. And now, if you're advising someone on what they should do, if Miss Glenda said, Brother Richard, what should I do in this situation? I were to advise her, then that means I'm essentially giving her a plan of action on what to do. So this Hebrew word means both to advise as well as to make a plan. And you can see why, right? You can't advise without a plan. So wisdom says advisement and planning is mine. Man, I love these proverbs. Not too long ago, I saw a video of a man attempting to load a, uh, a uh, tractor onto a flatbed trailer. Do you see that, Brother Jess? Do you see that? That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. The, the trailer was hooked up to a pickup. And the man loading the trailer did not put any blocks in front of the, you know, the, the, the wheels. And so as he started driving up onto the trailer, on the back end of it, the trailer comes down, so the tongue comes up. When the tongue comes up, the tires come up on the pickup, and now there's no brake set. And he and the trailer and the pickup go for a ride till they crash. So if the man had a plan of action, then the plan of action he took, and apparently he did have a plan of action, and when he took that action, he planned it was a complete failure. Wisdom is telling us tonight that if you want a plan of action that will work every time you carry it out, I've got that plan. You need to come to me. Wisdom is telling us if you want some sound advice that you can put into action with complete confidence in your life. Advice that will never fail you or disappoint you when you carry it out. Then you come to God's Word. Come here to these Proverbs specifically. 
God's Word in general because it is the storehouse of God's plans for our actions in life. Wisdom just told us not too many verses ago, for example, to stay away from the strange woman. Well, when wisdom told us that, wisdom was basically telling us, now, you be faithful to your spouses and don't live a life of fornication. And by telling us that, it was giving us a plan of action. Here's what you need to do in your life. Here's how you need to carry your life out in this particular part of it. And I can tell you from experience that I have never spoken to a single person who has told me, if only I would have cheated on my wife, I could have avoided so much heartache. Never, never has it happened. I don't ever anticipating it ever happened. I have never heard a person say, if only I would have lived in fornication when I was young, my family would have been so much stronger than it is today. Never heard it. Whoever would take advice like that is a fool. Now, I've heard the other way around plenty of times from people where they lament going against God's Word. Whoever plans to live in sin will die in sorrow. Plain and straight. I have never heard anybody lament a righteous lifestyle. I have never heard anybody regret their obedience to God's Word. Not one time has someone ever said, I sure wish in this situation I wouldn't have done what the Bible said. Never heard anyone say that. But I have heard time and time and time again from broken-hearted people who painfully regret the sinful plans of action they carried out. Like the man who loaded his tractor onto the trailer. It seemed like a good idea at the time. But it ended in a big crash. Lots of damage. I can just visualize that man loading that uh, tractor on the trailer before he did so. I could just visualize him going around and think, well, the tires look okay. Got plenty of air in them. Maybe shake the coupler up and down where it's hooked to the, to the ball on the back of that bumper. And you know, that seems to be all right. Tail lights seem to be okay. All right, everything's good. Trailer's chained up. Now I'm going to put my plan into action. Everything seems all right. That's the way people are with their foolish plans. What they plan to do doesn't agree with God's Word. But they go around, they shake the coupler, they check the tires, they look at the lights and make sure the chains are all hooked up. They think, you know what, I know that... In fact, I was talking to a young lady today. And uh, I asked her how things were going. She said, well, they're, they're going, you know, good and bad. And I said, well, what's the bad part? Tell me the bad part. She said, well, it doesn't look like my marriage with my husband is going to work out. I said, well, why not? And uh, she said, well, there's no, not, not been any infidelity or anything like that, but he's been abusive in other ways. They're always abusive, by the way. Every woman that gets a divorce from her husband, her husband's abusive. Every one of them. So, no infidelity, no abandonment, just abusive. Just can't put up with them anymore. And uh, I said, well, because she is a Christian and does go to church faithfully, she said, everyone at church knows about it, and I've talked to a woman up there that's a counselor. 
And I said, well, I'll tell you this right now. I don't care if someone calls himself a counselor. I don't care if someone calls himself a preacher. If they give you advice that goes against the Bible, they're not worth listening to. And I would not divorce your husband unless you can do so under the two categories of God's Word. Outside of that, you don't want to do it. She goes, yeah, I know, that's what's bothering me. Yeah, about that time someone came in, and so I couldn't continue talking about a sensitive topic like that, of course, for her privacy' sake. But I remember thinking, you know it's wrong. You know what you're about to do goes against God's word, and that bothers you. But in this case, she's thinking, I just, I just think I need to get out. I think in this situation, even though the Bible says this, I, it would be best for me to go ahead and leave. You know what she's doing? I know this is not the plan of action God has for me in this situation, but I'm shaking the coupler, I'm checking the tires, I'm looking at the blinkers. Everything else seems to be okay. I think it'll be all right. And it will be until she drives a tractor up on the trailer. And then later on in life, she's gonna, that part of her life's going to crash in some way. She will pay a toll. She will answer to God if she continues in that route of disobedience. And so I hope to discuss it further with her and advise her in God's Word. Why do that? Why go against God's Word and fail when you can follow God's Word and prevail? You know, you know if, you, if she were to leave her husband now, at first there may be a sense of relief. Ha, this is better. Now I'm free. But later on down the road, I promise you, she belongs to the Lord. There's going to be problems. There will be a reaping of what you've sowed. It'll follow you the rest of your life. So why disobey God's word and fail when you can follow it and prevail? These Proverbs are plans of action that will never fail. Plans to remain pure. Plans to remain faithful. Plans to keep yourself from falling into the trap of the devil. Plans to gain honor and avoid humiliation. Plans to enjoy a quality of life. Plans to enjoy wealth over poverty. With plans like that, you would think that everybody would be subscribing to Solomon's Plans for Successful Living magazine. But they don't. Wisdom says, counsel, a plan of action is mine. Look back in your text, and sound wisdom. And sound wisdom. If you're taking notes, write this down in your margin. The Hebrew word translated sound wisdom means to substantiate. Substantiate. You know what substantiate means? Well, I have an idea in my mind. And... When I substantiate that idea, what do I do? I took it from being a concept, and I changed it into being substance. I had an idea for a luxury chicken coop for my chickens this year. It is luxury, isn't it, Abigail? You would agree with that. And so 
in my mind, I had this concept of how I wanted to be, what I was going to use, what parts or, or, or uh, materials I was going to use. That's a concept in my mind. And eventually, when I put it all together and all the labor was done, I substantiated that concept. It's no longer a concept. Now it's a, it's a coop. Concept to coop. All right? And so he says, this, this planning and advice is mine, and this substantiation is also mine. Wow. You ever known someone who's real good about dreaming things? They're always dreaming up ideas, but they're never good at carrying it out. So their whole life is a pipe dream. And nothing ever comes about because whatever they're dreaming out here, it's, it's, it's not feasible. It's some kooky idea or something. So, so to substantiate means to bring something into existence. When I was a young Christian, I used to have high hopes of accomplishing certain things for God before I died. When I was a young Christian, I used to dream of one day being able to help people understand the Bible. When I was a young Christian, I used to think of how wonderful it would be to one day experience the power of God's grace in my life. Those were spiritual dreams I had. But they seemed so far out of reach for me. Just big dreams, big hopes, concepts. But when you put... God's wisdom into action. When you take the Proverbs, when you take the Scriptures, and you begin to act on those Scriptures in obedience of the faith you have in Christ, His plans will not only guide your steps, but they will substantiate your dreams. Wisdom is saying, listen up, you people of God. I have the power to take your dreams and make them come true. That's a big claim. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. Wisdom's plans make godly dreams come true. I'm going to say that again. And I'm saying it with a smile on the inside. Wisdom's plans make godly dreams come true. They have the power to bring the will of God into existence in your life. Wisdom says, look back in your text, I am understanding. I am understanding. Wisdom is saying, listen, child of God, I already have your life figured out. Now, I'm going to repeat that again. Because most people... In the, in when they're young or when they're middle-aged and they begin to recalculate their life and, and, and refigure their goals and things as they mature, they start trying to figure out life, figure out what God wants them to do. <clears throat> and wisdom here is saying, I am understanding. I have your life already figured out. We always tell people, God has a plan for your life. And when we tell people that, I believe they usually think, okay, God, well, let me know what your plan is so I can get busy doing it. How come God's not showing me His plan? If He has one for me. And many times they will begin, because we tell them that God has a plan for your life, they'll begin to imagine what they think God's plan may be for them. 
So they'll, having figured it out, they'll then go out to try to accomplish that plan. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Some may think, well, maybe God wants me to be a missionary. Well, maybe God wants me to become a preacher. Well, maybe God wants me to do one thing or, or, or another thing over here. Maybe this is what God wants me to do. And they, they try to figure it out. And, and for whatever reason, they, they finally get the idea that, the, uh, that uh, what they're imagining God's will for their life is. So they start working to become that missionary. They start working to become that preacher or to do uh, this thing or, or, or accomplish that thing in their life. What they're imagining God's will is for them. And a lot of times, and I've spoken to a lot of people that this has happened to, a lot of times what they thought God wanted them to do in life never works out. Y'all are the only one that thought, well, God's called me to do this, or God wants me to do that, and they had this big plan, and it never panned out. Anyone know anyone like that? Maybe it was you. I don't know. I know folks like that. Well, what was it? Was, was God giving them some bad information? No, of course not. But they're imagining, well, maybe this is what God's plan is for me. Wisdom is telling us tonight, no, that's not how it works. That's not how God's will for your life is discovered. It's not up to you to figure out God's plan for you. That may come as a shock, but it's true. Just take all the pressure off of you. Middle-aged people, old people, especially young people. Let me just take all the pressure off of you. It's not up to you to figure out God's plan for your life. It's up to you to follow God's Word. That's it. Just follow God's Word. Here's a kingdom truth. If you will follow God's Word, then you will discover God's will. This is worth committing to memory. If you will follow God's Word... Do what you know to do. Then you will discover His will. He will reveal what you don't know He wants you to do. Follow God's Word and you will discover God's will. Wisdom says it's not up to you to figure out God's will. I am understanding, not you. I have God's will for you all figured out. I want you to imagine for a moment package full of balloons we've got one uh, cylinder here of helium and we have a package of multicolor multi-design helium balloons not inflated just just in the package how many of you all blown up helium balloons before all right so we come take a helium balloon, put it up to here, and as it blows up, it may be one particular color. Maybe it's got shapes, you know, maybe it's a Mickey Mouse and, and has ears or, or whatever. Or, or, or maybe it's one of those foil things in a different picture and a message that says happy birthday or over the hill or whatever, I don't know. And then you pick out another one. And then it says something else, different design, different to color, all, all this stuff. The manufacturer designed those balloons 
to look like that when they were filled up with helium. It's one container of helium, the same container of helium. And it's only when that balloon is put up to that helium that it's revealed what the manufacturer designed it to be. Okay? So if you take the Bible, you take the Bible. Now, I use my phone for the Bible. But let's say you take the Bible. And you've got, Tammy, Tammy, you've got one right there. Thank you. I've got, I've got the Bible on my phone, and I keep all my notes on there. It's so much easier. It's electronic age. But you take the Bible, and you take a group of people, one helium container, so to speak, that one source of truth and wisdom, and you take people, and you plug them into God's Word, let them start following the Scriptures, Suddenly, as they continue to follow the Scriptures, how God designed them, as they begin to be edified by the Word, will begin to be revealed to themselves and to others. The same Scriptures. You say, well, well, if I follow these Scriptures, I'll become a preacher. If I follow, No, it's not that way. It's just like saying, well, now, if I plug into this helium container over here, I'll become a Mickey Mouse balloon. No, it's not that way. You are what you are. There's all that potential in the bag when you were born. And it's when you get plugged into God's Word and you start following it and committing your life to following the Scripture and saying, no, that's not what God's Word says. I'm not going to live that lifestyle. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to continue straight on the path of God. As you do that, God's plan for you, all of that potential in the bag now starts being revealed. As you follow God's Word, He reveals His God's will. You, you see, God's will will be revealed to you. And so, this is what the wisdom is saying here. I am understanding. It's not up to you to figure out God's will. I have it all figured out for you, so follow my Word and you will discover God's will. And because of this wisdom says, look back in your text, I have strength. I have strength. Sol the Holy Spirit here in the Bible is not just coming up with just random ideas. Well, I, you know, I think, I think we'll say, I have understanding. Uh, I have good advice. I have sound counsel or, or substantiation. You know, over here, let's say uh, I have strength now. Let's just say that. Just throw some adjectives in. That's not, all of this is orderly. It's, it's designed to come out this way. I have strength. Now, here in the Hebrew, literally, wisdom is saying, I have force. I have might. When we are walking according to the Word of God, we carry out the will of God, which substantiates the plan of God in our lives. The wisdom in God's Word, therefore, and only the wisdom in God's Word, has the capability, has the sheer force and might to bring God's plan into existence in your life. That is really something. You see, we're powerless. We're powerless to accomplish God's will in our lives. Absolutely powerless. 
Now, you may accomplish things in the name of God, but I promise you, you will never accomplish God's will for your life. God accomplishes His will through you. You'll never do it. You cannot do it. You can't even come to Christ on your own. Remember what Jesus said? No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. We're powerless to accomplish God's will in our lives. We have absolutely no capability to make God's plans for us come to pass. So you might as well quit trying. It's not up to you to accomplish God's will in your life. It's not up to you because you don't have the capability to do so. I have strength. I am understanding, wisdom says, not you. It's not up to you to figure it out. Wisdom says, I have understanding. It's not up to you to make it happen. Wisdom says, I have strength. Wisdom is the plan. Wisdom has the power. Walk by faith according to the scriptures that you know. And trust God to work His plan. And by His power, as you follow His word, it will begin to be revealed and be substantiated. The greatest secret to knowing and accomplishing God's will for your life is to quit trying to know and accomplish God's will for your life. Yes, you heard me right. The greatest secret to knowing and accomplishing God's will for your life is to quit trying to know and accomplish God's will for your life. My Christian life changed dramatically one night when I finally realized that it wasn't up to me to do the work of God. I'd been trying to do the work of God. I've been praying so hard. I've been trying so hard. I've been trying to witness. I've been trying to do all these things. And, 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 and finally one night I realized God showed me it's not up to you to do my work. It's up to me. It's my work. Not yours. It wasn't up to me to win the loss to Christ. That's God's work. It wasn't up to me to make plans and figure things out. That's God's work. And when I quit working, the work started getting done. Does that make sense any at all? When I quit working, the work started getting done. I started realizing God is going to get His work done. All He needs is someone to show up with some empty hands. And when He multiplies the loaves and the fishes and He fills up the baskets, and we're just around to tote the baskets and pass things out. Whatever that grace is for your life, whether it's music on the piano, the organ, whether it's teaching God's Word, whether it's serving, whatever it is. God will get that work done. You don't want to work in your flesh in Jesus' name. You want God to work in His Spirit through Jesus' person in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory, not you trying to work for Christ. There's no hope in that at all. What's the difference, Brother Richard? It almost seems the same. One is you trying to get some done, something done and asking God to help you get it done. The other is realizing God's going to get His work done, so you just show up and put the gloves on. You say, where do you need me, Lord? 
and you just serve God in His Word, and as you serve God in His Word, follow His Scriptures, you will stumble right into His will. And next thing you know, you'll see God. If you all hear me sometimes, you'll hear me say, God's good at what He does. I never started saying that until I stumbled up on this truth one night as I was praying. Praying, trying to get God to, to, to give me power. Lord, give me your power in my life. Give me your strength in my life. I need the power of God on me. I heard that preached so long. It's like the Lord showed me, no, no, it's not like that. I don't give you the power and you go out and work. It's not like, you know, I give you some power like Superman and you go out and you start doing all these Christian things. I do the work. And then suddenly, now, I work by faith. Trusting God to do His work rather than praying for God to help me do the work myself. I know it seems subtle. I know it seems like there's not that much of a difference. But it's everything. It's everything. God does the work. God gets the glory. And you just get the privilege of being in on the action. It's a change of thinking that causes you to quit relying on yourself to bear fruit for God, to get God's work done. And you finally just completely trust that God's going to get it done because it's His work, not yours. And now you rest in Him. All I have to do is yield to the Word of God and the work of God will start working itself out in my life. That's what I found. So I'm going to change the pronouns. All you have to do is yield to the Word of God and the work of God will start working itself out in your life. The wisdom that guided my steps in God's plan will secure my success by God's power and the glory will all be His and not mine and it will be the same for you. Wisdom has it all. Father, we thank You for Your precious Word. We thank You, God, for wisdom to stand up boldly to us tonight and to make these great claims. Claims, Lord, that glorify the wisdom of God, but at the same time, they totally gut us as far as our own strength and capabilities and efforts go. Wisdom doesn't say we have understanding. Wisdom doesn't say we have strength. Wisdom doesn't say counsel is ours. Wisdom says counsel is mine. I am understanding. I have strength. I have this good counsel, this planning, this advice, this substantiation. Lord, help us. And help the tender-hearted here that want to do your will and that have been praying for your will for so long, perhaps, to quit trying to accomplish your will and to begin trusting your will to be accomplished in them. To quit trying to work so that the work can start getting done. To rely wholly upon you to put their feet on your word that they may discover your will in your power, work it out to the obedience of their faith. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.